We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, Ryan, obviously the game that matters most is Notre Dame and Clemson, right? That's the game that matters most to us for what we do. Yes. But yes. as people who love college football, there are some great, great games on this weekend. The only thing that ticks me off is that so many of those games are like around the same time the Notre Dame game is, which really ticks me off. I'm not happy about that at all. Some really big time games this week, and we're going to break those down now and preview those games now. So let's begin, Mr. Roberts. With a look mm-hmm. at the the most marquee matchup of the of the weekend, and that is the number one. I can't believe I'm saying this. The number one Tennessee Volunteers <laughs> at the number three defending champ Georgia Bulldogs. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
This game is going to be at 3.30 p.m., so this is one we'll get to watch. It's going to be on ABC, and Georgia is a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, Ryan, listen, you and I talked before the season. We previewed the year, and and Tennessee was a team that we both felt was a sleeper team. Mm-hmm. When I thought sleeper team, I thought 10-2, and two, you know, if they can keep building, they have a shot. They have jumped faster than I thought they were going to, to jump. And they have been an outstanding football team. And they've done so without their best receiver. Cedric Tillman is back now. He was back last week on a bit of a pitch count. And he had like four mm-hmm. catches for 22 yards on a bit of a pitch count in a game that they just wiped Kentucky off the map. Hendon barely played in the second half. I mean, it was just they were running it. They play Georgia, who went through a stretch, Ryan, in the in sort of middle of the season where you're like, uh, Georgia doesn't look too good right now, you know? And that was against, uh, you know, they had a, an ugly win over Kent State. Uh, and then a week later, they honestly, for all intents and purposes, got outplayed for 60 minutes, really, by or 58 minutes by Missouri, who's yep. not very good. So that was a, a very intriguing game. And now you say, okay, well, hey, look, Georgia's vulnerable. Well, mm-hmm. since then, Georgia has commenced on beating Auburn 42 to 10. They beat Vanderbilt 55 to nothing, and they beat Florida last week 42 to 20. That was a very strange game. Uh, Florida obviously jumped out to, or uh, uh, excuse me, uh, Georgia jumped out to a big lead. I think it was like 28 to three at one point in time, 21 to three. Uh, Florida battled back to make it 28 20. And then I think it was 28 20 late in the third quarter. It, they went yeah. up 28 20 late in the third quarter. And then Georgia put it away in the fourth quarter. Georgia's done that a, a lot this year, Ryan. They've had mm-hmm. several games this year that if you look at the final score, you're like, man, they, they really they really blew that team out. But you're like, yeah, but if you watch the game, it was a lot more competitive than that for a while. Of course, the exception being the Oregon game at the beginning of the year where they just dominated Georgia from the beginning to end. Tennessee got here, Ryan, a different path. Obviously, they had some sloppy wins early. I, I was not overly impressed with them against Pittsburgh. Uh, they mm-hmm. they outplayed Florida, but let Florida kind of rally back late. Since then, however, they've been hot. They destroyed yep. LSU on the road. Uh, had a great game against Alabama. They got up big on Alabama. I mean, they, I thought they were going to blow Alabama out, but you know, that's you don't discount Bryce Young. Bryce Young brings them back, makes it a close game, 49-49. Bama has a chance to win it, can't win it. Tennessee has a chance to win it. They get it done. And then, of course, last week with, with they the just, ugliest yeah. field goal of all time. By oh my the way, gosh, that, that Tennessee oh, kick, yes. last one, <laughs> the, the ugliest made field goal of all time. Yes, yes. Uh, and then, of course, in same between between there was an FCS opponent that doesn't really matter. So they're red hot. Georgia's hot. So both of these teams, I feel like Ryan, are coming into this matchup, mm-hmm. kind of playing their best football, which makes it yeah. an even better game. So let's kind of. Talk about kind of your prediction, how you see this game playing out, because you and I don't see eye to eye on this game. So let me let me hear your prediction and and how you got to it. This is a really interesting game, Brian, because I will be very honest about it. I wrestled with this one back and forth. I really did. Like there was a, I think there's a reality where Tennessee wins this football game. I think there's a reality where Georgia wins this football game. I started thinking about where are these teams what is the biggest strengths on each one of these teams and which one of those strengths do I think can shine through the most? That's kind of where my mind went. I think for Tennessee, you have to go with that high octane offense, right? You go with Hen and hooker who has to be the Heisman front runner at this point. 
You talk about Jalen Hyatt, who's just been on an absolute tear at wide receiver over the last few games. You now have Cedric Tillman back from injury. You also have Brew McCoy, who's had some spurts of good football at wide receiver for Tennessee. So for me, the best part of Tennessee right now is that high-octane offense and that passing attack especially, right? Like they have some dudes at wide receiver that are playing tremendous football, and they have a signal caller that is playing about as high level as any quarterback in college football. When I look how that matches up against Georgia, though, I look at Georgia and say, well, Georgia has a pretty darn good secondary, man. They do. You look at Kaylee Ringo. You look at Malachi Starks, who's only a true freshman but is playing fantastic football. Talk about Chris Smith at safety, who's been playing very high level so far this year. They have a secondary where I think you're not going to shut down Tennessee, but can you limit them enough is where my mind goes, right? And I think that they can have – a good battle with those Tennessee wide receivers. And then when you ask me, what is Georgia's best area of their football? And I go in the trenches is where they win their football games, right? Like you talk about the offensive line with Jones at left tackle has been a really good football player for them. Xavier Truss at guard has been a pretty good player this year. Defensive line wise, you have guys like Jalen Carter, even though Nolan Smith is out now, they still have some depth up front, obviously. And then I start comparing that to what Tennessee has offensive and defensive line wise. And I think that that's where the biggest impact or biggest difference in this football game can be because Tennessee's been pretty good offensive line-wise. They've been pretty good, but I still think Georgia has the guys, obviously, that are going to be able to take advantage of them at points in this football game. And Tennessee's defensive line, they have Byron Young at defensive end, who's a pretty good player. I like Tyler Barron, the other defensive end. But I think that that's the biggest difference. I think Georgia Tennessee's not winning down. this game with defense. Exactly. <laughs> They're not winning this exactly. game with defense. Exactly. That's for certain. So when I, look sure. at, when I look at these two teams, I say I think that Georgia has some guys that can not stifle but can limit some of the big impact of what Tennessee does really well. But I think Georgia has an advantage where they win their game. So I think that they have the ability to potentially wear them down. I still can't count out the fact that, hey, Hannon Hooker is going to make some plays. Jalen Hyatt's going to make mm-hmm. some plays. Cedric Tillman's going to make some plays, which is why I think they're still going to keep it a close game. But I took Georgia 31 to 28 just because I think that the strength of Georgia is has a little bit more of a difference versus Tennessee than what Tennessee's strength is against Georgia. So give me Georgia in this football game. Some of the other staff picks, Vince picked Tennessee to win 38-35. Ryan, you said Georgia 31-28 was your score. Uh, Sean Davis also picked Georgia a very similar score, 34-27. to Sean Styers picked Tennessee, 31-27. And Andrew McDonough picked Georgia to win 34-27. So uh, just so people understand, we all do these independently. Like everybody makes their own picks and then sends them into me. I collect them and put them into an article. So I think everybody sees this game being somewhat similar except for me. And I'm actually going with Tennessee to win this football game. And I'm not only going with Tennessee to win this football game, I'm going with Tennessee to win this football game somewhat convincingly. I'm going 37 to 28. And here's what I'm going to here's what I'm going to say. I don't agree that Georgia has a great secondary. I think they have a very talented secondary, athletic secondary. If I'm looking at it from an NFL draft standpoint, I see the things that you that you see, but they don't play anybody that's any good throwing the football. And it's the same exact thing I said last year. I said, if Georgia plays a team that can throw, they're going to be in trouble. And Tennessee actually threw the ball pretty well on them early last year until their receivers got knocked out. They ended up throwing for 344 yards. They had some padded fourth quarter stats in that game. I think Joe Milton came off the bench late when the game was no longer. It was out of control and threw for like 100 yards or something like that. So it wasn't like a 344 like you would normally get. 
But I thought early on Hendon Hooker was having success. He was beating Georgia. They were in the game. And then they had they had already had some receiver injuries coming into the game, and then the, one of their receivers got knocked out of that game. I'm not in love with Georgia's defense this year. I'm not. They're very talented, but they're winning on talent. They've let teams hang around. They've let teams move the ball on them in ways that you don't expect them to move a ball. They haven't played anybody that's any good on offense yet, Ryan. That's that's the thing for me. And the other here's the other problem. Last year, Georgia had a pretty decent pass rush. They had 49 sacks in 15 games. It was pretty good, right? And yeah. I'm, I'm looking at their sacks per game last year. Georgia was, you know, and again, they're not a heavy pressure team. But last year, Georgia ranked sixth in the nation in sacks per game. This year, however, Georgia ranks 120th. They only have 10 sacks this year. And they just lost their best pure edge rusher in Nolan Smith. Mm-hmm. So that's the big thing for me is if is is I have to kind of assume that Georgia's just going to magically discover a pass rush that they haven't had all year. You know, they, have, they only have 10 on the year and and the guy that has 3 of those 10 is now out. And they and so that that to me is where I don't I think they're going to have trouble putting pressure on Hendon Hooker in their base defense. Georgia is a base defense team. Would you agree with that? Like they they're going to line up and just play their game. They are they are they can be vulnerable when they have to heat you up. And I think they're gonna have to heat Hendon Hooker up. Now the question is, is how good is Cedric Tillman going to be in this game? That was my one hesitation because I don't think Jalen Hyatt's good enough by himself to beat Georgia. Because as you yeah. said, you could just put Keely Ringo on him and he'll still get some yards, but it's gonna be like, you know, he gets six catches for 90 yards, but it's on 14 targets instead of eight, like he's right. been in a lot of other games, right? And so you make him work for it. You know, and, and Tennessee has some nice complimentary weapons. That's something else I like. You know, everybody talks about Jalen Hyatt for good reason. Brew McCoy's mm-hmm. had a really steady year. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. Ramel Keaton's had a nice steady year. Uh, you know, they have a kid named Squirrel White. Who? <laughs> it's like, what? Okay, whatever. Is he a slot receiver? He's got to be yeah, a slot receiver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, he's a little 5'10", skinny freshman kid. Number 10. He's number 10. And um, and then, of course, you get Cedric Tillman back, who, even though he's only played four games, has 21 catches on the season, and he was expected to be their best player. So it's the volume of weapons they have. I, I think that that Tennessee is going to be able to kind of, I've said this, like work outside in, where they're going to have mm-hmm. some success throwing the RPOs, getting the ball outside, going tempo against a Georgia team that at times can be vulnerable to tempo if you have good skin, perimeter skill. And then that's going to open up some opportunities to, you know, gash a little bit up the middle. That's kind of how I see it playing out. I see it 37-28. I could see it being a Georgia win. I'm not going to sit there and say Georgia can't win. I just think this is not a great matchup for Georgia, for me, of, of this version of Georgia. Because I don't think they can rush the quarterback. And I don't think you can beat them if you can't pressure Hendon Hooker. Like, that's the one thing LSU was able to do a little bit in that game is you kind of got him off, you know, just he wasn't as sharp in that game. They had some early pressures. He got that shot in the ribs. You remember that in the first half, and he just wasn't mm-hmm. quite the same. Yeah. I don't – I mean, Georgia just hasn't shown me that this year. Could could it step up? And Because here's the here's the counter-argument with that, Ryan. Well, Georgia's a team that knows they're better than everybody they've played so far. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they don't have that – they haven't had that locked in, you know – we're ready to rock and roll thing, right? They haven't had that. And they're going to do that now because they're, they're excited and they're, they're, you know, and then they, they got a little bit more pressure on Florida last week than they really have in a lot of other games, but Florida's, you know, pass blocking isn't very good. So, and then I think 
look, if, if you watch that Florida game, there was about three big plays that Stetson Bennett hit that probably should have been turnovers against a competent team. I mean, like that long touchdown pass to Brock Bowers, that's not happening again this week in that way. That ball's getting picked. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it should have been picked. And and Georgia had some of that stuff last week. And I just, they're a really inconsistent team, which isn't overly surprising when you consider how much they lost from last mm-hmm. year. And they're still very good. But I just, I really like Tennessee. I thought if Tennessee was going to fade, it had happened already. You know, that's my mm-hmm. thing is because they had a, they had three out of four weeks where they had LSU, Bama, and Kentucky. And they, they haven't taken a step back yet. So I like what this team yeah. is doing. I'm going with Tennessee to win this football game. I have two notes. One, my nickname in high school was actually Squirrel Roberts as well, so I appreciate it. <laughs> very, very quick. Very <laughs> Second, greatest stat I've ever seen, Brian. I saw a stat yesterday. <laughs> Stetson Bennett only has two completions over 40 yards this year. Joe Milton has three. Oh, wow. Isn't that a great wow. stat? It's a great stat, man. It's a great stat. He, now, two, two completions that traveled over 40 yards? No, I think that were plus 40. Just wow. yeah, catching runs. Yeah. Wow. Did they both happen last week against Florida? I know one of them did. Maybe maybe it was in the air. Either way, I know that Joe Milton had more than Stetson Bennett, which was pretty yeah. wild. It was pretty wild. <laughs> Whew. Yeah, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Um, I don't you could, know. You can probably can... you can probably call Stetson Bennett Squirrel Bennett as well. Yeah. He kind of gives yeah, me the go. vibes. Yeah. Well, hold on a second. Now, I, I was reading on Twitter, you know, from Draft Twitter. Uh, early in the year that Stetson Bennett was climbing up draft boards with how well he was shredding teams at stink. Oh, are you, so, are you, a, are you a part of draft Twitter? I just like, like when you get into it with draft Twitter, that's my experience with draft Twitter is watching Ryan get into a draft Twitter. Uh, you know, cause yeah. like, you know, people look at the numbers and they're like, Oh man, he's you know, got good numbers. He's averaging, you know, what's he averaging this year, Ryan? I was looking at his numbers I and mean, he's averaging 293 yards passing per game. He's had to see one, two, three, four games of over 300 yards. And it's just like, yeah, against who? That's kind of it's, my thing is like, you know, it's he's got not, that, yeah, he's got that dog. He's got that dog in him, man. You know, coach's son, first, first man in, last man out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like guess. good stuff. <laughs> I guess. Uh, no, I like Stetson Bennett. He's a nice college quarterback. I just, for Very me, good college quarterback. Just, I just don't see it as a game that uh, – I just don't think this is a good matchup. And, again, when I look at this, Ryan, that's mm-hmm. what football is, man. It's matchups. It, it, yes. It's a game of matchups, and I just like this matchup for Tennessee.
Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.